tonight's episode of the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish is brought to you by Z Apollo Photography. Visit zapollophotography.com for all your photography needs. The following program is presented by Atmark Media. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hami Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hami Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off the top rope extras subscribe to our affiliate patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes vince russo's the brand the rip rogers fr podcast stevie ray tv goldilocks the a show with aaron stevens and april hunter the two-man power trip Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, the beautiful people. And now, the Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at thebrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's gotta be Russo'sBrand.com, bro. Again, we'd like to thank you for joining us here at HMG. And now, it's time to be entertained. Ten, nine. Nice counter. 
Going after that injured shoulder, like oh. King. Again, that arm for the buckshot lariat. A great game plan by the challenger. Guys, we're on a cusp of one hour in this freaking match. This is, you believe this? This, this is, this is a titanic struggle. It really is. This is the deepest possible water for champion and challenger alike. And who's going to drown? I, I, but what do you got to do here to win this match? Hangman Adam Page once again on the top. Danielson. Oh, my God. I, I don't. He's trying to get that wound open again, I think, while yeah. he was. Yeah, that's a good call. This Here back. we go. Oh, God. Oh, wait a Dangerous. second. Good God. Oh, Hangman laying on his feet. How the hell did he do that? Hangman on his feet. Oh, oh, oh Larian. Oh, man. What a battle. What a match we are witnessing here on Dynamite. Look at him standing everywhere here in Garland, Texas. Senior official Paul Turner has been on the spot, now delivering the 10 count. The people get behind the champion, both men are down. Who's going to get to the vertical base first? Might have the advantage. Hangman Adam Page, you can see how limp that right arm of his is hanging by his side. With the waiting such full gear for this match, it's been worth the wait. What a blow right there. Just staggered him. Danielson returns oh, fire. Ooh, that rocked ahead, man. You are not kidding. What more than to do to each other here? Hangman backing the challenger up to the ropes. You can see how unsteady both men are on their feet. Fatigue becoming a serious uh -oh, issue here. Uh oh, challenger's hurt. Yeah, it's stunning. He, he, he's using his opponent to hold himself up. I don't know if the headbutt's the right idea, Danielson. Another one, too. Your head's been rocked enough. Danielson. Headbutts catching Hangman right over yep. the ear. It's called pulling out all the stops. Whoa. Larry and Hangman sits down. Oh, nice counter. Rolls him up. Two. No, Danielson counters. Danielson got hooked deep. Danielson with a waistline. German, German. Hangman once again lands on his feet. Rolling elbow strike. What a haymaker by the champ. Boy, he just absorbed it, didn't he? He absorbed every bit of it. Rolling elbow counter. Roundhouse counter. Kick upside the head right there by the challenger. And with the good leg as well, so it met its mark. Huh. Let's take another look at this impact on this kick. Watch this impact, guys. Boom! What a shot. He's going right after the head. Attacking the head with those right, that right shin. And Danielson could be making oh, an oh, oh, here. Oh, no! Oh, my God. You're Justin Roberts on the PA. We're under five minutes left in this match. 55 minutes? This is wild, man. 55 minutes of this thing. But Taz, this is where Danielson needs to stop messing around. The clock is becoming an issue. Absolutely. And you can see this man's, I mean, he's breathing heavy, but not too heavy. Danielson's cardio is sick. It's, it's insane, man. So if you go, and, and I'm sure they heard the announcement. Uh -oh. If you, oh, wait a second. Oh, no. Oh, look. Danielson looking to end it here. This is how he kicked the teeth out of Colt Cabana's head. He's fixing to kick the teeth out of the face of the champ. And Hangman just almost defenseless. You got to, in the last five minutes, Tate, you got to change your strategy. You got a five minute match, basically. Yeah, right? I, I think, yes, no, you're right. You're right. It's a great point, Tom, but I think Danielson's definitely losing his composure. I think this is where 
the, the pride, the overconfidence of Danielson becomes an issue. Look at the face of Danielson. He's like, what more do I got to do here? Or maybe not. Maybe he's lining up Hangman for that Busaiku knee. Look at the respects him now. Damn it, we do. Holy hell. Danielson. No. Hangman. Well, the champion's got that look in his eye like, we gotta crank this thing up, man. We're at it just about an hour here. Listen to all the passionate crowd here. Hangman Adam Page, you can see clutching that right elbow, that right arm. Danielson has done so much damage. Has the challenger neutralized that buckshot lariat? I think he has. I think he has. for his first title defense. It's been the fight of his life. Heard about fair play, I guess. Oh, God, Dennis is in trouble. Hangman Adam Page. Oh, man. The heel of the boot coming down on the face of the American Dragon. Well, that's the redemption for the Dark Order. And for Hangman Page feeling like Dennis is coming after my world championship. Wow, you can literally feel the AEW world title get elevated, no matter who wins this match. I agree. No matter who wins. I agree. Very well said. We are getting down to the waning moments of this match. Hangman Adam Page with the challenger. Here it comes. Oh, buckshot. He's going buckshot. Here it comes. Iron sights. Oh, what a counter. Oh, my God. We got a new champion, and he hooks it. He's got the lapel lock cinched in. Brian Danielson. The shoulder, the right shoulder of Hangman Adam Page isolated the crossface. And he's across the eyes, Taz. He's across the eyes of the champ. Yeah, the champion can't see the ropes, can't get to the ropes. He's got him flat in the middle of the ring. He might get a new champion tap out here. Could be a new champion winner is coming. Can he hang on, though? Oh, what a crossface, then another one, and another, and another. Oh, my God, he's yanking up on him. Right across that wall, just tap. Ah, he's not going to tap. He can't tap. Oh, we are down to one minute. And Danielson, he was trying to bring Hangman up by the mouth. Hangman fighting out of it. He's punching at that left knee of Danielson. Gotta watch him get pinned. Gotta get pinned here. He can get pinned, Danielson. Oh, Noma Plata, can he get the grip? Can Danielson get the grip locked in on the lapel? Banjo Chandy Cowboy, shit, trying to get him up. Oh, he's going bust the crab, baby. Hangman. No, 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 no. Whoa, Danielson slingshotted into the ropes. He's gonna, he's gonna skin the cat and get back in the ring. Oh. Watch out, he's got the buckshot waiting on him. Boom! Oh, God, explosive. What explosivity. It knocked him for a freaking loop. Gotta cover him, Hangman. You gotta cover him, kid. Hangman looking for the finishing blow. The buckshot lariat. Danielson doesn't see it coming. Hangman, buckshot lariat, bang! Gotta cover. Gotta hold the bell. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, the time limit has expired. This match is a draw. Woo. Wow. Guys, I've seen a lot of stuff over many years. This ranks right up there with them. Last year, winter was is coming was historic for one reason. Now this year, 
a completely different one. Hangman Adam Page and Brian Danielson go the limit, the full 60 minutes for the AEW World Championship. Excalibur, as you know, you two, Tony, both of you men know, very rare that something like this happens. 60 minute time limit throw. So the Curtis Cole is pretty beautiful building, but I digress. Oh! Your daughter swallows. You got a problem with me, Texas? Maybe you'd like me if I was more like you, you know? Anti-education and pro-incest. How about you keep your redneck mouth shut while I'm holding the microphone? CM Punk. You got the balls to come out here and pretend that all I do is use low-hanging fruit. That's cool. Well, CM Punk, the second he got nervous last week, the best thing he could come up with was, uh, duh, duh, your local sports team sucks for 10 straight minutes. So highbrow, CM. I don't know how you think of this stuff. I especially love the part when you claimed I needed to stop running and face you like a man so you can move on to try to become a world champion. That's interesting, Punk, because I didn't realize that having an undefeated streak in a string of underwhelming matches against underwhelming opponents made you championship material. I thought that just made you the new Ryback. I deserve a title shot, cause I beat Hangman, just like I'm gonna beat Dante Martin. Now Dante, you are very talented, but you're in a lot of trouble, because you may be a great athlete, but I ain't CM Punk. I'm not gonna stand here and pretend I care about the younger talent. Cause I don't give a damn, you know why? It's easy to forget I'm a top name in this industry and I was born in 1996. I'm the only top talent that's young that matters. I'm about to be a three-time Dynamite Diamond Ring Champion. Dante, you may have the charisma and verbal ability of Helen Keller on Quaaludes, But you're a freak athlete, I'll give you that, but unfortunately for you, I could beat you with a freaking headlock takeover. Yeah, that's what I want to see. <laughs> because I don't claim to be the best in the world. I just am. Dante building up ahead of Steve. Lands on the top. Shooting score! Russ! Oh man, he landed hard, did Dante. He landed hard, but the knee came down on the face of MJF. Good call, you're exactly right, on the face. That right knee. And oh, that's Max recover. That's the second time Dante has scored that knee strike on the face of MJF. 
Try and recover here, Max. Oh, God, I don't like this. I don't Whoa, want Dante. Oh, and MJF just dropped after one single shot from I Dante. I just don't want Dante to win this dynamite diamond ring. No! Oh, here he goes. Here he goes, guys. Dante maybe thinking nosedive. Double jump. There just it spring it. Oh, he just walked out of the way. He saw it coming. He knows to stay away from it. He's a ring general. Boom! Oh, what a right hand from Dante Martin. General just got cracked. General, my ass. Hey. Oh. Dante raining down strikes, but MJF nope, pushes Dante off. Dante leg lariat. Dante a little bit dazed from that landing on that shooting star press, but well, I, oh, wait a second, I, I MJF. That on ball. Oh, it going to go for that on ball. Reverses. Dante rolls up MJF. Two, no. I mean, Dante's exerted so much energy out here, but, oh, backslide. Oh, the backslide by Dante. Well, MJF has eaten it. MJF just telegraphed that right hand. Two count again, Dante. MJF might be looping his full pack. Oh, Wait a second, look at this. Win. Two, no. Wow, MJF has been On the side, headlock takeover, one, beat him. two. Oh, Dante got the shoulder up. That close to a three-peat from MJF. That close. But you're not going to catch Dante Martin sleeping like that. Swinging a miss by MJF. Dante over the top. Sunset flip. Two. No. MJF sits forward. Dante counters. No. MJF bails out. MJF. Two. No. Dante takes him down. I give it to Boatman resting way beyond Oh, side year. headlock by Dante. Oh, no, no, no. Two. No. MJF. Nice counter by MJF. Oh, the shoulder was up. Just a load, a load of near falls. Both men desperately trying for the win. And this is the head scissors. Dante. Oh, oh, wow. There you go. Oh, MJF. Good job, MJF. Powers out, Dante. Oh, Liger bomb. It's over. He's done. Oh, no. What a rapid fire exchange between two of the best young guns in our sport. Yeah, way beyond their years. Are you My just, God. Just trying to get out of the ring is Dante Martin. He knows he's in grave danger, so he got himself at harm's way. I think Dante Martin may have overextended himself just a little bit. Yeah. He definitely did, and that's the thing with Team Tax, we would have taught him not to make those mistakes. Well, that's fine. Now he's fixing to get his ass beat by MJF right here. That's nice. Here, now he got a lot of class. I'm no, not say wrong what I do. No, I was talking about the guy in the oh, train. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Dante just brought MJF in over the top the hard way. Here he goes again. Dante. No, 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 again. no, no, The no, nose no. dive. No. Got him. He got him. They were in the ropes. One, two. Ha, ha. Oh, wait a second. Ricky Starks. Where did he come from? What the hell? Perfect. What are you doing, Taz? Come on. Hey, I'm doing commentary. Yeah, but you're the leader of Team Dance, and he's your champion. Hey, Rick, Ricky Starks is the FTW World Champion. He's also his own man. Ricky Starks is the man that Dante eliminated to come to this Dynamite Diamond Final. <laughs> that was some funny stuff. Oh, wait. Look at this assault of the Earth, the Fujiwara armbar. He's got him. Oh, and oh, wins Dante it. taps out. Yes! Yes! Now winner of this match, and winner of the Dynamite Diamond Ring, Maxwell Jacob Friedman and JF. Three P boys, three P for Maxi. Three in a row.
for once again. It's it will be an interminable year as we suffer through MJF and that dynamite diamond ring. And we see Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, FTR, out to celebrate. Oh, just good. And you know what, guys? You know what they say, right? Good things happen to good people. Yeah. And that's MJF. There's nothing good about it. Wait a second. How is this? The lights are out here in Garland. I, I, I don't know. They got, many fans got their phone lights on here trying to get a glimpse of what's going on, if anything. Oh, no, no, not Sting and Darby. Oh, yeah, baby. What the it's hell? Sting and Darby Allen and Sting. We saw the confrontation with FTR last Friday night on Rampage. And it is popping off here tonight on Dynamite. Yeah, on Rampage, FTR beat the hell out of Darby and Sting. Oh, oh. MJF, the low blow on Sting. Well, that's good. I mean, going to take away from MJF's moment here. And FTR. Oh, no, not that guy. We don't want him out here. FTR and MJF. It's going to explode. Oh, he's got an equalizer. If I may borrow a phrase, I think business has just picked up. Oh, he's got that ball back. Probably got it from Stinger. I'm a betting man here. And like cockroaches, MJF, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler scatter as the lights come on. Got a damn weapon. Come on, man. He's got a weapon. You don't want to do it one-on-one -on -one in Texas? Next week, you want to bring your friends, that's fine, because I'm going to bring mine, and that's the match. Deal with it. The gauntlet has been thrown down. CM Punk, Sting, and Darby Allen versus MJF and FTR next Wednesday night at Holiday Bash. Just booked by Tony Khan. We can't wait to get to Greensboro. Sting has not wrestled there in 27 years. Well, thank you for joining us here tonight for Winter is Coming, AEW Rampage, this Friday night on TNT. It's going to be huge. Thank you very much. Good night, everyone. Shivani, and now the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Chris the Ferrans.
Welcome back. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's time for the PwC Presents the Wednesday Night Skirmish. I am one of your hosts, Christopher Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with Noel at bullshit first thing in the morning. And I'm here with my always trusty co-host, the uh, the man of the PwC, the, the editor-in-chief, the... Um, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of things I can call him. But anyway, Jimmy T, all the way from the People's Republic of Australia. How the fuck are you, mate? How are you staying out of concentration? <laughs> well, I'm in a concentration camp now because my car is at the mechanics. So, so dude, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm in a concentration camp. And yeah, it's the People's Republic of fucking Australia, man. It is what it is. But I'm good, man. I'm pumped. How are you, bro? How's Canada? Canada was built for Christmas. It's, uh, you know, it's snowy. And I was up. I was up real early. I was up. I was actually up last night until about midnight, plowing for about four hours. My family does like the public roads in the town I'm from. And so I was up till about midnight, and I was up at like 5:45, and then I was out for another like four or five hours this morning. Damn, that's busy, bro. That's keeping busy. Well, in the meantime, over here, it's fucking, it's hot usually, bro, during Christmas, which is weird, I'm sure, for you, man. You know what? It's actually weird being in the snow, because when I grew up, we used to go to Florida every year for Christmas, because my grandparents did six months here and six months there. So I was like 17 the first time I saw Christmas with snow. Oh, really? Oh, well, there you go, dude. Maybe it's not so weird being hot down here during Christmas, man. Not for me, anyway. I uh, I miss Florida. Um, you know, me and my family, me, me and my sister, you know, often talk about how how much we miss uh, Christmas in Florida. We used to do lots of stuff with my grandparents because they were they were good grandparents. They would take us out, we'd go around, and at least one night would be spent all night. We'd be driving around. This was Sebring, Florida. For anybody who's familiar with Florida, it's like Central Florida, and uh, we would drive around all night at least one night before christmas and look at all the christmas decorations and there was a couple of places where like i swear to god dude the people who put up the decorations must must have spent like half a mil on fucking christmas decorations like just nuts oh, i believe you dude because even down here like just like in my local neighborhood there's a street called florence street where they put up all the christmas decorations as well man the whole street dude like and there's another place, which is a suburb called Ivanhoe, which they go even bigger, like even grander. Like the whole joint, man, like the whole block. And usually all sorts of people go come around just to check it out, man. There'll be thousands of people. So, yeah, man, it's it's pretty cool. And another thing, Chris, I can see you retiring in Florida maybe, man. Oh, dude. I like, <laughs> Dude, like when the recession was happening, because like my dad has been like steady, busy working, right? Like he's never really like our company has never really slowed down. Right. Right. So right. when the recession was happening, like I was looking online and you could buy like a decent place in like Orlando. Right. Like for like with a pool for like 70,000, sometimes like 60,000. No I remember telling him like, dad, you got to fucking buy a place in Florida. It's so cheap right now. Like, it's so fucking cheap. You have to buy a place. And he never did. And now those same places are like, you know, $400,000. And I'm like, oh, are you fucking stubborn old man? Just listen to me sometime. <laughs> you know how it is with the dads, bro. They never listen to their kids, man, because they always know better. You know how it is. 
my old man does that to me every time, bro. So I, I feel you. But man, 400k is fucking cheap, bro. Yeah, it's not terrible. Like it's, but yeah, I mean, you could have got it for sixty thousand. What the hell's true. wrong with you, man? But that's Just listen true. Listen to your son sometimes, Dad. <laughs> yeah, Dad. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that he's listening to me right now. I know. Not that <laughs> I want my old man. <laughs> it's not like, see what I mean? They still don't listen to us even when we're talking, bro. Yeah, it's fucking no, funny, exactly. man. That's hilarious. Dude, speaking of that, though, I remember, like, you know, speaking of Florida and my dad not listening to me, I remember, and I always tell this story. So when I was like 12, we had an exchange student from Finland named Juho Oksanen. Shout outs to Juho if you, if you happen to be listening. Or Shout outs to Juho. Great people, awesome people. To me, they're family. Um, but anyway, he he was with us, and we were and we drove down to Florida, right? So we get right. into Sebring, right? And we're coming up to the turnoff. We have to to go to to go to my grandma and grandpa's, and I'm like, the turnoff's here, Dad. And he's like, he's like, no, 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 it's up here. Like, All right, whatever. We miss it. He's got to do a UE, right? Uh, right. He, he turns back around, and we're coming up to the turnoff again. I'm like, yeah, it's this one. He's like, no, 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 it's 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 one up here. It's it's further up. <laughs> this is fucking turn got to turn around do a fucking yui right finally we're coming back for the third one i'm like dad this is the entrance and he's like <laughs> like he's like no, no 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 there's one up here and even like yuho who's like an exchange student is like um, <laughs> uh, maybe we try this one to see <laughs> you know like i was saying man they refuse to acknowledge that we're right bro yeah can you believe that shit it is what it is man dad's all over the world just can't fucking accept that their kid might be fucking right. Absolutely, man. Well, speaking of people not being able to accept the reality, um, a little <laughs> bit of news here as uh, Shibata is officially returning on January 4th. Yep. Uh, I called yeah. this dude. I said it on the blow off weeks ago that he was going to come back and uh, here he is, bro. Here he is. What's his first name again, Jimmy? I'm not being a smart ass. <laughs> Katsuyori Shibata. Katsuyori Shibata, that's right. And after the next headbutt, he'll be Eugene Shibata. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <clears throat> Christ, I don't want to laugh at that dude. But maybe he might be. But that's the thing about Japanese wrestlers, Chris. They literally leave it all out there, man. They don't care if they die in the squared circle. They just don't care, man. That's what they love doing. And if that's the case, I mean, what can I say? Yeah. Hey, I mean, listen, if you really want to kill yourself, there are less intricate ways of doing it. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you're right. All right. Well, um, that's about it for the news as far as I'm concerned. We should get into this show. And uh, not only are we going to get into this show, but fucking AEW got right into this show, bro. Uh, they weren't fucking around. We start off with the title match. It's Danielson, um, who's getting an excellent heat here before the match even starts. I mean, the, the crowd are really loving booing this guy right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, I feel like that comes from the AEW crowd being a smart crowd. And I know that some people hate smart crowds. I don't I don't really, I, I don't hate smart crowds. I think that if you're willing enough, if you're smart enough that you're willing to boo the guy they're telling you to boo, I feel like that can be pretty good for the for the show, actually. No, no doubt about it, man. I mean, look, I've got to admit, man, this Texas crowd was really into both shows, Dynamite and fucking Rampage, man. And I think they were just happy to be there 
and just cheer along because they were pretty hot, man. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about, about Rampage. Uh, that hasn't happened yet as it's Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I was going to look into the future, but you know what I'm saying. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> All right. Well, this show, uh, we're going to see how we do in terms of calling a match because, I mean, the, the skirmish this week is going to have to be a lot about this match because half the damn show was this was this match. Absolutely. That's true, man. I mean, shit. I mean, look, let's not take away anything from these two. They put on a great spectacle. It was a great match. It was AEW's most longest match, I believe, in the history of the company. Uh, look, I think it went 10 minutes too long, bro. Yeah, I think it probably was a bit long. Um, we're gonna go through it because otherwise we're gonna have no show to talk about. But that's true. We're gonna go. We're gonna go through it. But I personally believe, and I'm willing to argue with anybody. You show me whatever you want. This was Hangman Adam Page's best wrestling match, um, and it was one of the top matches AEW has ever put on. It was great. Well, um, well, Melter did give it a five star rating, so. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to put it out there, bro. I just had no, to. No, it's good. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's good to know that the guy who people seem to respect his star ratings, even though he's broken his star ratings <laughs> like 18 times. Every uh, time the Young Bucks come on each other, he, he gives them 14 stars or whatever. Oh, boy. <clears throat> yep. All right. Well, anyway, this match, it's a, it's a really solid start. They lock up real tight. Um, that's exactly what I think that you need in a, in a good wrestling match. Like, so much of it, you set the tone by the opening lockup. And this was two guys really pushing on each other, uh, trying to get each other uh, to move around. There's dueling chance to start off the match. Um, again, I mean, it's a smart crowd. They get it. But there are people here who just really love Daniel Bryan, and they're going to chant for him before he starts being an asshole. Absolutely, man. I mean, I don't know if you caught this or not, Chris, but on my feed, on the Fight TV feed, when they would go to commercial, now I know you, you would get picture, to, picture in picture, but um, there's points where you weren't getting picture in picture, and during the, the commercial breaks, Brian Danielson was just absolutely giving shit to the crowd, man. Like, he would be teasing the yes, he'd be like, he'd be telling the crowd also to suck his dick. <laughs> oh yeah no he's he sticking got, up he his finger nasty yeah man he was going crazy man during that whole commercial break which i found pretty cool what else i found cool during the commercial breaks i'm pretty sure it was shivani but he was he would whisper he would come through and say um oh these two are working their asses off you know just like trying to keep it under his breath because uh you know they're on commercial break but they sometimes forget that the fight tv feed is still going Oh, I love that shit. I wish they would. I, I wish they would talk like that more. I, I wish they would, because in legitimate sports, like in in MMA, if you see a right. fight where two guys are just fucking kicking the shit out of each other, right? Or if you see a boxing match where two guys are obviously working really hard, the announcers call it out. They're like, "Man, this is a great fight." I'll never forget watching Gaddy and Ward, and mm -hmm. in the tenth round of their first fight. Emmanuel Stewart said, you know, you dream about matches like this, but so seldom do you see something like this where both men are just giving you everything they have in the ring. And it was like, yeah, fucking A, Manny. You know? That's um, a name I've heard. Shit. I, 
in a long time, by the way, just <laughs> quietly. I'm talking about Gaddy. But, yeah, continue on. Great. I mean, fantastic. But, um, yeah, I, I and I felt like they needed JR um, to start this match. I, fe- I really missed him. As I mean, the match is starting off. It, I know that they've got an hour to go here. Now I do, right? But even right. then, I was very, I was very taken out of it. As they're starting the match off, Brian's doing his showboating and he's doing yeah. the fucking jumping jacks, right? Um, he's also showing early on, like I'm the more technical wrestler, you little shit. Like, <laughs> like he he wasn't fucking around. He and it, you know what he reminded me of is like a world of sport style heel. Yeah, like very old school, man. You know what I'm saying? He was yeah, very like, old school. Uh, like who could I who could I compare him to? Is Regal, right? William Regal. Yeah, is a good that's a good one, that, right? Where he would show a guy, like even as the even as the heel, like I am the more technically sound guy. You might get the win, but you're not going to show me up, you little shit. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, man. And and the thing is. Brian was working the crowd the whole match, pretty much, dude. I'm telling you, man. I love this dickhead, dickhead version of him, dickhead Dan, like we call him. And man, he just he he does it so naturally too, man. That, which is funny because naturally you'd think he'd be the most cheered guy on the planet. And let's be honest, man. The fans are booing him out of respect. If you get my drift. Oh yeah. Because he's meant to be booed, Chris. You know what I'm saying? So the fans will actually boo him. No, exactly. And he does an excellent job selling with just his face. Right. He gets a crowd reaction just by what he does with his face, right? If if his eyebrows are down and it looks like he's hurt, he gets sympathy real easy and naturally. And when he's and when he's doing that thing where he's kind of like smiling at you, he's kind of like grinning, he gets <laughs> yeah. fucking heat because people like I don't know if I don't know if you have like a word for this in in like rugby or or in or in soccer. I don't, I don't really know like if you watch soccer, but I'm just making me. I love soccer, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. So in hockey, there's a there's a type of player who we call a rat, right? Right. He's the little shit on the team who runs around and he talks shit to the other team <laughs> and he'll cheat subtly and not get caught. And then, like, he'll he'll draw penalties, right? So kind of like the goon, but not quite? Yeah, well, the other team will take penalties against this guy, right? So he'll go up to the superstar from the other team, and he'll yap at him, and he'll jab him with the stick, and he'll entice the star player to fight. To also get a... Yeah, to, exactly. So then right, they'll get off it. the ice for five Right, minutes. but that doesn't and really him, usually happen, though. You know what right. I mean? Because someone will step in for, for the star, obviously. Right. And to that guy, he's done his job because he right, so right. we call that guy a rat. Right. The most important thing as a rat is to have a fucking smirk. Like if you got a good smirk, you can piss off people like <laughs> nobody's business. And Daniel Bryan has an excellent fucking smirk where he just will piss you off. That smirk that you just want to punch the motherfucker's mouth like in, in a heartbeat. No, I get you, man. MJF is one of those guys with that fucking smirk. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, I mean, seriously, that's a million-dollar smirk, no doubt. But you're right, man. Brian Danielson, he's, he's a master of his craft, dude. I mean, he can play the heel, he can play the face, and it doesn't matter, man. He's just as good either way, in my opinion. What I love the most is the way he talks as a heel. You know, he'll, he'll do his promos like, in the beginning, like the way he, <laughs> I was just sitting here, 
it's just the way he sort of um you know the way he pronounces his words kind of very hillish and he's condescending and he's yeah, condescending he's, absolutely he's very his his tone even is condescending right because he's like because he's like you know yeah yeah and i first got here i wasn't getting reactions quite like this but you know something i wonder yeah. is it me or is it you and he's got this way of like that's the way you talk to a little kid right that's yeah right 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 he's got that like here i'll pat you on the head because you're an idiot <laughs> yeah, yeah to be fair he'd be like yeah i love it man and i'm I'm all for it and i hope it lasts like long if anything dude i like it uh, oh me too dude I, I i'd love to see him go on a real run as a heel here i like i love him as a baby face too but right now his heel work is fantastic like why would you why would you turn him right now don't do that no, absolutely, man. I, I agree with you 100%. I just, I love how he was teasing the yes as well. He'd be like, and then be like jumping jacks again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then stick like, his finger like, up. Exactly. He'll like stick his finger halfway up and then turn it over. And yeah. Turn everything <laughs> off. Like, no, 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 no. Go fuck yourselves. In other words, <laughs> you know, love it, man. Great, great work from him. Yeah. And there was quite a bit of that during the breaks. I was watching in picture in picture. I can't hear. Right. right. But just watching it in picture in picture, you're watching and you're just kind of like laughing. Like if you're a real fan of wrestling, you're like, man, he does a good job of this shit. Like he, he does, man. He does. But another thing, but there was a gripe in this match for me, man. And the fact, like we know Hangman gets the win. Oh, no, sorry. It doesn't get the win. He goes to a time limit draw. But Brian Danielson was dominating the whole friggin' match, dude. And in, in many ways, yes, it was Hangman's best ever match, but he was getting his ass kicked 90% of the match, bro. Yeah, no. So here's 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 literally the next part of my fucking uh, uh, um, notes here. I've got, well, one thing and one quick thing, and then we're going to, and then that's literally what I'm talking about next in my notes. <laughs> right. So. First of all, someone in the crowd has a uh, cult with meat with extra shit. Oh, yeah. How good was that? <laughs> I and saw like that. 40 feet away on the other side of the ring, someone has a cornet is uh, <laughs> cornet doesn't matter anymore. Cornet is a relevant sign. Yeah, some like, shit. Well, right. <laughs> one of you guys, maybe you guys should fight each other. Cause <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cornet loved fucking Hook's fucking debut, bro. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that, that should tell you something exactly exactly um so here's so here's my next bit here i put here uh brian's working with some vicious stretching and striking but he's doing too much showboating even right. for a heel and here's why he came in he had a classic with omega when he showed up they went to a draw in a really good 50 50 match right but it was 50 50 with him and, and omega he had to work he you know he was fighting from underneath, etc. And that wasn't that long ago. That's still no. in people's minds. Right, right, absolutely. So all this showboating that he's doing, where, like you said, he's dominating the match, and then he's doing jumping jacks and, like, look at me spots, and I don't really need to take this that serious. What it does is it puts Hangman on a level below those two. <laughs> absolutely, right? for sure. And I know that that's a little bit of nitpicking, you know, but we're going to talk about what's good and what's bad. And I, I thought the same thing, Jimmy. I thought, like, okay, he's dominating too much here. This isn't healthy for Hangman. No, I agree 100%. You know what sucks, man? I called this fucking ending too, and, and I said it on the blow-off. 
I said, I don't want this to happen, but don't be surprised if it's a time limit fucking draw because they're going to try to fucking, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they're going to try to save both of them from getting any sort of heat when really, I think it, I don't know if that's a good thing for both of them, dude. You know what I mean? You got Brian Danielson, once again, can't win the big one and, you know, it's a draw twice now, right? And then you got Hangman who can't fucking defend his title in his first match defending it. Like, I mean, come on, man. I think it makes them both look weak in many ways. I think there's a way where you can still build this from Danielson's perspective, but I think it does nothing but make Hangman look weak. Um, here, here's the thing with Danielson. Danielson can come out there and he can say, you know, I've heard a lot of people in the last couple of weeks saying, you know, Brian Danielson can't win the big one. He can't win the world championship. That's not what happened. What's right. happened the last two times is the world champion hasn't been able to beat me. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what he should say, right? Yeah. So he can still he can still get away with this and and still have an upward trajectory, but it does nothing good for Hangman. Like I really I really believe that. And I mean, it's better than him just flat out tapping out to the fucking LaBelle lock. Right. But, right. Yeah. But it doesn't elevate him. Right, and I'm not saying for him to tap out, obviously, right? But, um, you know, I think in the future you could also sort of make a, I don't want to say a Bret Hart Stone Cold sort of moment where you can do like a double swerve and like, and I'm not saying to do that now because now is not the time, but when you do turn Brian Danielson babyface, it'd be cool to sort of have that scenario, even if it was against Hangman. But see, where do we go from here, Chris? Do we go to the Battle of the Bouts? these two having a match again like surely and then we go to the blow off by revolution i suppose i the, the, but aew has a real like they're real sticklers for not doing rematches so i don't know if that's what they're gonna do like, that's true i i'd love to see it because obviously i think me personally i think that danielson legitimately got page's best match ever out of him in this in this contest. And I think that, I mean, I think Brian Danielson could literally, and you know, sorry, Kenny, cause this is not meant to be literal, but could literally have a wrestling match with a broomstick and make it entertaining. Mm. Again, don't actually do this. Kenny Omega. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do next. But there's also a part of me that worries terribly that they're going to fuck this up somehow because they have a tendency to not get the end right. It's like Sting, right? <laughs> Fucking debut was amazing. Everything was great. And then and then literally the next night they ruined it. <laughs> hey, Tony, I'm happy to be here, man. How's it going? Ah, I haven't <laughs> seen you in years, buddy. Come here. Oh, give me a fucking nuggie. <laughs> well, speaking of ruined it, Chris, we'll get to that later. But uh, when the lights go out, was a fucking ruin too, bro. Oh, my God. I was so mad. Uh, yeah. I did like the spot here in this match where Paige gets Danielson up for a DVD, a Death Valley driver. <laughs> and Danielson's elbowing him, right, while he's doing it. And you think, because you've watched wrestling before, that this is going to work so that Danielson gets out, right? Right. And it doesn't. Paige is able to hit him in spite of the fact that, that Danielson's trying to get out of it. And I love that because that makes it look like they're having a contest. 
right? Daniels is not just allowing him to hit the DVD, right? Page had to work for it, which you really do in a in a martial arts match or in a, in, a, in a real fight. So, I love subtle things like that in this match, where I was just like, oh god, I love that. You know, like there's so many little subtle things in this match where if you're watching it with that kind of an eye, you'll find little things where you're like, that was good. They did a really good job, even just in moments in this match. Absolutely, man. Look, there wasn't a moment where I was like, oh my God, hurry up and end for me. Like, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like that. But I did feel that around the 40 to the 45th minute mark, it started dragging. There was a few near falls, but it just dragged. There was like one near fall too many at one point, but then it kicked back in in the last 15 minutes, if you know what I'm saying. And it was just, it was an obvious friggin' like ending. Like I said, man, I was saying on the blow off that don't be surprised if they do the time limit draw, but they shouldn't do it, right? I okay, go, I don't think they should be enough to do it, but I wouldn't put it past them. And then sure enough, they did just that. And I was just like, oh man, you guys are just so predictable. Like if they were going to do that, why did they even bother putting this match up on already? Yeah, I mean, they, they could have and should have probably built longer. Um, I agree with that, but here's the thing. I'm okay with the time limit draw. Like I know there were some people like there were specifically some people in Texas who were like, you know, they screwed us cause they did a draw. Like, come on, man. This is, this is a reality of sport though, too. Like right. draws. No, happen, for sure. Right. Absolutely. Like, you watch soccer, right? Like how many fucking soccer <laughs> matches end with a definitive winner? Like maybe 60, maybe 70 percent there's a there's a huge portion of soccer matches that end in draws right i don't know you're right absolutely so like i mean it's different in hockey where we have like the shootout now right, nobody right. like there are no draws in hockey anymore right 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 in the nhl but if you watch mma or boxing draws still happen so i'm okay with them going to a time limit draw as long as they as long as it's not every single fucking week and I don't feel like they've overdone the time limit draw at this point in AW. I know they did it with, with uh, Danielson and Omega too, but um, you know I still feel like this is a fresh enough thing where you're like, okay, uh, like they're doing something a little different. I'm with you and with you know a lot of other people who have said like I don't like them trying to quote unquote protect both guys because I right. think that it inevitably doesn't do that. Um, but I was okay with the time limit draw here. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Look, yeah, it, it's a hard one to say, man. But I just feel like, is Dynamite going to be known as the, the show that championships don't fucking change hands, but it's always a time limit draw? You know what I mean? Like, people are going to be expecting the worst, I think, from now That's on. That's true. That's true. And I mean, how do you... The other thing is like, how do you go to your talent now? And like, let's say CM Punk has a title match. Right. How do you go to CM Punk now and say, you know, oh, you're going to lose clean in the middle of the ring after 35 minutes. Like, isn't he just going to say, well, I want to, why don't we just do the draw? Why don't we just do the time on the draw? <laughs> See what I mean? And you're right because de facto isn't fucking MJF and CM Punk the winner between them two pretty much become the number one contender. Isn't that what they said? Yeah. We'll see what I mean. What gives them the right to be number one contenders? Like, how do they work that shit out? Yeah, I know. Well, exactly. It's, it's, it, 
what has CM Punk done to this point to put himself in the position where he's in, he's going for the number one contendership? He beat Hobbs. You read my mind. I was just about to say the same thing. Right, it's true. He beat Garcia. Like, good for you. Yeah, good for you, Phil. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that I could beat up Hobbs. Like, I mean, I boxed for a long time, and like, I know how to take care of myself. I know that big, strong guys can sometimes just get knocked the fuck out. Absolutely. I wouldn't feel comfortable fighting powerhouse Hobbs, but like, <laughs> I could kick the shit out of Daniel Garcia. Like, come <laughs> on, man. hey, man, it's true though. You know what I mean? Yeah, look, it is what it is. Whatever the case, MJF, CM Punk, de facto become number one contender. Whenever that match is going to happen, I assume it's going to be a revolution. But uh, yeah, like why? Yeah, I, it's it doesn't make sense. Anyway, we'll get back to the match here. We're forty five minutes in. Uh, Danielson locks in an armbar. Uh, I did I did like this spot too. They, so he locks in an armbar. He switches to a triangle. They do the power bomb counter from a triangle, which if you if you've been involved in MMA, if you know MMA, you know this is the rampage spot um, where he it was uh, Ricardo Arona had locked in a triangle spot in Pride, and Rampage literally lifted him up and power bombed him while being locked in a triangle. It knocked out Arona. It didn't work here for Adam Page, um, <laughs> as uh, this basically just sunk it in even further. When he did the power bomb spot, but he's able to make the ropes. I like that. It was a little variation on the spot. Um, there's a tombstone. Got the crowd as a near fall, um, which it didn't for me. I was watching it and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. He's doing a tombstone." But right. The fact that the crowd really thought this was going to be finish after 48 minutes, I was like, "Why? When did like?" When the fuck did Adam Page ever win a match with a tombstone? Get the fuck out of here. I know. What are people actually realistically thinking? Uh, it is what it is, man. That move was just done for a pop. That's it. Yeah. Um, there's an avalanche back body drop here. Oh, man. That looked rough. Like, from the top, that... Oof. And both guys were on the top damn rope. Like, that was that was a long way down for that drop. Man, make no mistake about it. There were some stiff shots in this match. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even Brian Danielson doing the flying headbutt cringed me, dude. A little bit, a little bit. You know what I loved too is they had like a they had a back and forth striking spot here, but it wasn't okay. I'm gonna hit you, and now it's your turn, and then you hit me, and then now it's my turn. It wasn't the Japanese. Like I'm sorry, I know that I'm nitpicking here. It's not always the way they do it in Japan. But it wasn't the Japanese, I'm going to stand here and let you hit me. One guy would, would land something, and then they were both so exhausted and rocked that they were sort of trying to get their feet back together, and then the other guy would land, right? It looked more like a fight to me, so this was a this was a very rare occasion where I didn't hate the let's stand in the middle of the ring and trade punches because it felt like they were still fighting. Well, like I've said in the past, Chris, this is your modern day test of strength in in today's professional wrestling, dude. Instead of having a test of strength fucking, you know, with a Roman knuckle uh, knuckle lock, if you remember like Hogan Warrior, you know, whoever would be, you know, the test of strength, right? Well, this is your modern day version, man. You hit me, I hit you. Instead of I scratch your back, you scratch mine. It's obviously <laughs> I slap you, you slap me back. Right, right. I'm just saying, as somebody who is involved in boxing and mixed martial arts, right, right. 
I hate that spot. Cause yeah, I of know course. It doesn't make sense, right? No, no, you're right, man. Because it's like, why would I let you freely hit me? Yeah, like, unless you're Ricardo Mayorga, you're not just <laughs> letting someone punch you. Right. <laughs> Shout-outs to that fucking crazy asshole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was about to spray my drink then, but anyway. All right, so Paige goes to a crossbody to the outside. He misses. He goes through a table. Uh, Danielson hits him with a DDT on the cement, and I know I'm nitpicking because, look, guys, I thought this was a fucking incredible match, but could we just leave some things for angles? Like, <laughs> you know, the the figure four around the post thing, it was used as an angle, right? Bret Hart right. would do that, and then the other guy would go away for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Right? The DDT on the cement, like, at one point, that put a guy out for six months. Yeah, remember you know? Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and uh, Jake the Snake Roberts back in the day? I mean, or Macho Man against uh, against fucking um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? Absolutely. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Some things should just be left for angles. So, like, so that you're, think, you're looking at it and you're going, that's so devastating that that's going to be the end of that guy for a little bit. Because right now, I mean, you could put a guy through 18 tables and set him on fire, and I just expect he's going to walk out next week like uh, yeah that's that's professional wrestling in 2021 brother brother <clears throat> yeah well <laughs> i don't like it uh <laughs> all right so there's five minutes left in this match um at 45 minutes i was like oh they're doing the draw that's cool um but yeah we're up to we're up to five minutes left there's near falls for each of them they both show great frustration after not being able to finish i mean both guys really did show like the proper kind of frustration danielson with that heel like i'm better than this guy just fucking count faster ref type of frustration and you know page with the what the fuck do i have to do to pin this guy baby baby face frustration loved it from both guys um it ends with page hitting the buckshot lariat and not being able to move over to pin um time expires and really fantastic match like i said before i was okay with this going to a draw i thought both of these guys absolutely just gave it their all and i think that a draw is something that you can go to occasionally i don't want aew to become the promotion where you see a draw every time there's a title match though well you said it yourself just then chris occasionally yeah. problem is we've had it twice now in what three months yeah and the same guy too it's been daniel exactly right and and even though it's been three months that match in new york at the time against kenny omega still feels fresh man it feels like yeah. it happened yesterday you know what i'm saying so yeah look great match possibly look let me ask you this chris did it beat omega versus brian no i agree i don't think it did either man only because it was the magnitude of that match and what it meant for professional wrestling at the time. It was a big deal, bro. I felt like this match, even though it was for the title, didn't have that big fight feel like the Kenny Danielson match sort of did, if you know what I'm what I'm getting at. Yes, and while and while I complained at the time that I thought that Kenny Omega was moving a little too quick in that match, and I still think it was a little too quick in that match. The speed of it for a half hour was remarkable. Absolutely. I mean, 
there were there were moments in this match it's an hour long right so of course there are going to be some break spots right where but they're still telling a story i didn't feel like anybody just grabbed a hold and laid there like they they did a really good job of working hard for an hour but that match with brian and omega was 30 minutes of i'm like both guys trying to take the other guy's fucking head off yeah it felt like the way a real fight feels for a half hour it was absolutely yeah we're tired but like this is for real we're trying to fucking kill each other it i felt like that was just a little bit above this match but I still think that this was one of the best matches in AEW history and unquestionably for me, Adam Page's best match ever. Oh, so it's safe to say that the Kenny Danielson match was probably the best match in Dynamite history, followed by the Hangman Adam Page versus Danielson. I, I would call it that, yeah. And I, I think that you have to also make way for, and I know you're going to laugh at me for including this, but I think that Omega and uh, Moxley, when they had their lights out match, I think no, that was right up there too. That, absolutely, that was a great match. You know, I, I absolutely, I agree with you, man. And uh, oh, okay. it's no, I actually do. And and it'd be, it's interesting because I think we needed we we're going to be doing an end of year episode soon, Chris. End of year sort of awards special, like we did last year, if you remember. And I think it'll be interesting to see who will be the the wrestler of the year, you know, in our eyes, tag team of the year, match of the year, promotion of the year. I I think um, I'm looking forward to that episode, dude. Yeah, man, that'll be awesome. I mean, when 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 (laughs) fuck yeah, (laughs) but when do you think we should do it, bro? Uh, When's an appropriate time? All right, yeah, let's do that, man. But you know what, Chris, I'm gonna call a break. Because I, I need to call a break. But so you're listening to the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here on the PWC Network and at Mark Media. We'll be right back. And now, here's another edition of Hogan's Corner. Well, I remember back in 1993. I left wrestling for a little while because all the Hollywood wanted the fucking Hulkster to star in their movies, brother. I told Vince, well, I'm gonna go and take over the fucking world, brother. And I'll be back, Vinnie Mac. Yickety yak. Don't talk back, brother. And who did he make champion? What the fucking Hitman heart, brother. So I made huge blockbusters, brother, and made Hollywood billions of billions of dollars, dude. But everywhere I went, little Hulkamaniac said, Please, Hulkster, please come back. The WWF needs you. We need you, brother. And after hearing this a million fucking times, I said, Okay, brother, just leave me the fuck alone, dude. Vinny Mac told me, I need you as champion, brother. Brett's not ready, dude. And I said, Well, doesn't work for me, brother. But okay, I'll do it for you, the kids, and the whole wrestling world, brother. Yoko beats Brett. I beat Yoko, brother, with a black eye. Not black guy, a black eye. But I'm just too sweet. And that's why that happened, brother. Because the wrestling world needed me, brother. And Vince McMahon was the one that said it. Well, he said, doesn't work for me, brother. So I came back. What you gonna do when Hogan's Corner runs wild on YouTube? Fire boys out, brother. And that was another Hogan's Corner. Oh. And we're back. 
Um, okay, Jimmy. So we both agree that this was one of the best matches in AEW history. Um, it was just absolutely an incredible performance by both guys. We got to see something that we don't often see in professional wrestling anymore, which is the time limit draw for the title. Um, so <clears throat> if you remember uh, the last time we had one of these great matches, um, which was Danielson versus Omega, we followed right. it up with a CM Punk promo where CM Punk, the first thing out of his mouth was, I don't know how the hell you follow that. <laughs> well, it's kind of true at the time, but no one fucking seemed to say that after this match. Yeah, because do you know what they followed this up with? Do you know what they chose to follow up one of the absolute best fucking matches I have seen on television ever? Oh. You know what they chose to follow it up with, Jimmy? What's that, Chris? Enlighten they us. Chose to, they chose to follow it up with a uh, Christmas special uh, backstage video with the Young Bucks and Cole um, with kazoos playing. <laughs> what does that, why does that sound familiar, Chris? A kazoo playing in the back like fuck off aew why would you follow that up with this and where does that sound familiar chris wasn't two canadians famous for doing that shit including a certain american hero Yes, they were, and also, what the fuck? Uh, what the fuck? What the fuck? As Cornette would say. Mm-hmm. Um, these fucking guys and their stupid <laughs> kazoos, motherfucker. <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> it's true, man. I mean, what the fuck was this, dude? It's Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, Adam Cole teases that they're getting a Christmas present next week. <laughs> Yeah. I wonder I what wonder that is. If, a fellatio? I wonder if it's a better push. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Fuck. Um, all right. Next up here, we've got uh, Wardlow and Matt Seidel, which I was looking forward to. I thought that they could pull off a pretty good match here. Uh, they didn't choose, choose to go that way. They went with a quick squash, multiple power bombs. I've heard people complain about Spears in his role here. I actually like Spears. I think he's fucking hilarious doing this. So do I, dude. He gets in the ring. And he's like, he's like, he's like, Wardlow, that's enough, man. That's <laughs> yeah. enough. He's, he's done. You don't hit him anymore. And then he fucking whacks him a couple of times <laughs> with the chair. I love it. I think that's funny as fuck. But see, this is where I'm confused, bro, about Spears, man. Does he not look better than, than he ever has, even when he was the perfect 10 in WWE? He looks significantly better than he has than he ever has. He has a persona that's yeah. half-assed interesting. They could do something with this guy. I don't know why. Like, there's some guy, there's some people on this roster where I'm looking at them and I'm going, yeah, like this guy really deserves a spot. He should be, they should highlight this, you know, and not just he, but I mean specifically she, I'm talking too. about Serena <laughs> Deeb. Yeah, we'll talk right. about that a little we'll get later. To that. Right. But yeah, like Sean Spears deserves a bigger fucking role on this show. He's really entertaining and he can wrestle. He's got a great look. He can cut a promo. He's funny when he needs to be. He can do the underface babe, the underneath baby face. He can do the cocky smarmy heel. He's he's got multiple different possibilities and they just kind of use him as a goon. Like 
Yeah, a goon. Actually, that's well put. He's just basically the, the the what's it called? The Pinnacles goon. I mean, yeah. seriously, and a, and the smartass fucking variant too. And but the, and, but that's my problem, Chris. I think everything about him smells money. Yep. But for whatever reason, AEW don't seem to see it that way either, dude. I mean, I I, I don't get it, man. What's well, this guy. You you can go on a run with this guy if if you really want, but for whatever reason, they choose to have him as a good hand. I I think I think he would be a fantastic TNT champion. I, Wait, I, really I agree. Do. I was thinking that as I was saying that. Actually, that's a good call, dude. I agree, one hundred percent. Yep, and I think that a long run with that title is exactly what a guy like him would need to propel him into the main event. And I think he's got that kind of talent. I really do. I think he's that good. And I have heard, and I, I believe I heard this from like on, on one of Hameen's shows. Like I'm okay. pretty sure I heard this from Bin himself that uh, management really had to be convinced to bring in Sean Spears because apparently some of the people in charge backstage really aggressively didn't want him. Like they wow. had to be convinced. What the fuck did he do to get this sort of heat then, man? Why wouldn't you want him? I mean, the only reason I can imagine is somebody just thinks that he's just the perfect 10 guy, like that they, that he doesn't have any other, you know, either that or somebody like what happens sometimes in wrestling is somebody will lobby so hard for a guy right. that it puts other people off. And it's very possible that Cody might have said, look, man, when I was in developmental, he and I had the fucking awesome, like the best fucking program between each other. And you can hear you can hear about that from different people who have, who were in developmental with them, who were in Ohio Valley Wrestling. Right. Um, they had a really fantastic program between the two of them. They have really good chemistry. And so it's very possible that something happened where Cody was like, oh, we've got to sign him. And everybody was like, why? Well, I sense a lot of haters bro like enzo amore i would say what do we have here cup of haters cup of haters. haters and unfortunately i think that's the case man because ty dillinger sean spears whatever you want to call him i think can bring so much more to the table and he's and he's great right now as he is man i just want to see him win some matches yeah me too i just want to see him in matches like yeah in matches and as far as warlow goes though I was expecting a squash, and man, this dude, if you can't see money in this dude in the future, man, this guy is is pretty much the Brock Lesnar of AEW in the future, bro, and I expect big things within the next three years. That's his potential level, no question. Absolutely. And yeah, they better not fuck it up. Like, don't, don't fuck oh. it up. I mean, he'd be perfect for WWE. I think WWE would even look into him once his contract comes up. Absolutely. But, you know, we all know what's going to happen. And that's he's eventually going to take on um, Darby Allen. And Darby Allen's going to kick out at one from all of his offense Ugh. and then beat him clean in the middle of the ring. Please don't say that, Chris. Please. <laughs> Shout out to Brian Cage. Where the fuck's that? <laughs> Who? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, up next here, we've got a video package about the, the program. I say program <laughs> between Ford and Conti. <laughs> Jesus Why? Christ. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Other than, I'm sorry, women, but, uh, or <laughs> I shouldn't say that even because saying woman is like a big deal now. But I'm sorry, ladies. 
but these two women, these two fine ass women, should I, shall I say, are nothing but us, dude. You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're 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 gonna do a, a submission match, which I mean, I, I can't wait for it, man. I, I you know I figure that it's probably gonna be right up there with Brett and and Austin <laughs> from from Mania. You know, it's gonna oh, be one of those really really great submission matches between two absolutely fantastic. No, it's not. It's gonna be a fucking shit show. Well, so, as the great Tony Schiavone would say. That would put butts in seats. That'll put butts in seats. <laughs> All right. Um, next up here, we've got a, uh, a video here. Malachi Black with a video package where he talks about human nature, how it's dark and violent, and how humans you know, are, are terrible to each other, etc. He's not entirely wrong, although <laughs> I would argue that humanity has created some pretty cool things, too. Democracy is pretty awesome. Oh, um, <laughs> democracy. You know. <laughs> The Macrosia. Cool. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <you> know. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. We've come up with some pretty neat shit, too. Like, don't just fucking tell us how awful everything is. Some doozies, bro. Fuck. <laughs> that was nice. That was nicely played, Chris. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Well, he's introducing someone into the House of Black. Uh, there's a man uh, on his knees in front of him in a in a cloak. He leans forward and he whispers, "Now you're so much more than a king." Ugh. Why does this remind me of a bad Porto flick? I don't know. It's a it's a little it's a little limp wristed, but <laughs> um, obviously this is Brody King, uh, who we know for sure has signed with AEW. Yeah. I. I'm looking forward to it. I think Brody King's like a pretty good potential. Um, and I think that he can really work with Malachi Black, too. I think they've got a very similar um, demonic type tattoo uh, look. I think that they'll they'll work good with each other. What do you think about Brody King, Jimmy? I'm all for Brody King coming into AW. And more importantly, these two have actually got history together, too, Chris. So it makes total sense for Brody King to come right in into Malacca Black's House of Black. Right on. Well, I'm looking forward to it, too. Um, I think Brody King's got a, a he's, he's physically, you know, kind of imposing compared to other guys on the AEW roster. You know what that means? probably be a jobber. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly what he'll be, bro. He'll be the foil for Malachi, no doubt about it, man, which is kind of a shame, to be honest. Yeah, so who's going to take the pin when they... Uh, so he's probably the guy who's going to take the pin when they finally uh, blow off this feud with um, the Varsity Blondes. Oh, God. Seriously? Like, really? <laughs> Is it Griff Garrison, apparently, that's going to go up against Malachi Black next week? Yeah, he's, he, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later, but he has a quote at the end of that that I'm I'm really not sure he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I don't think I, I. I'm not even sure what he knows, what he's talking about. Yeah, he does not. Um, yep. Coming up next here, we 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 just we we sort of touched on it earlier, but Serena D versus Hikaru Shida in the rubber match. They're having their third between them. Um, I was really looking forward to this match, uh, Jimmy. What did you think before the match started? Were you were you looking forward to it? I couldn't help but notice, dude. Yeah, I was looking forward to it, but one thing that caught my eye was Serena D was so Bret Hart in this match. I'm talking about the way she was actually 
wrestling, the way she was staring at the cameras, just everything about her, the way she was taunting, <laughs> remind me of Serena Hitman Deeb. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, that, exactly. And I mean, obviously, if, if you've listened to any of our shows, you know how much I absolutely fucking love that. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, she's doing the Brett. It was <laughs> and that's great. a compliment. That's a compliment. But I, but she's doing the Brett. Uh, she's trying extremely hard to do the Brett. That's the only thing, man. Well, here's the thing. I feel like she would probably put her own spin on this if they gave her some fucking promo time so she could right. say anything. <laughs> and I've said this so many fucking times. I want to hear. I want to hear her, man. Like, like who is Serena Deep? Other than a chick with a thousand different holds. Yeah, and it's cool. Like, we both like, like, we, we, we've both talked about Serena Deeb as being one of, you know, if not the star of the women's division in AEW. To me, she's the highlight. Like, I, I really love Thunder Rosa, too. I think Britt Baker's getting there. You know, Hikaru Shida, I feel, is a bit of an overactor, but I still think mm. she's probably the third or fourth best women they have woman they have she's she's a solid worker um but serena deep to me is like the tippy top of the technical um prowess in this division as my as my co-host uh smokes a little bit <laughs> don't mind uh, me <laughs> <laughs> um no but i i just feel like when the only opportunity she has is to tell a story with her body she's going to have to tell a relatively familiar story which yes comes off looking like bret hart but that's because brett played such a terrific um aggressive mean technical heel when he was heel that if you're playing a technical heel you're gonna come out looking a lot like bret hart anyway so you might as well lean into it they need to give her some promo time because she can talk too she like and i've heard her she can cut a promo she can, dude. I mean, remember fucking the Straight Edge Society? Fucking A. That was, that was some of her best work, dude. And that's the thing, dude. You and I both know she can talk. But does Tony Khan and AEW and the brass up there in AEW know that she can talk? Because, man, just Maybe. give her some airtime. Yeah, somebody needs to convince them to give her a promo with a kazoo in the background. Oh, shit. Don't say that because you will get a fucking promo with Serena Deeb and a kazoo in the background. <laughs> yeah. <Fucking young> bucks. <laughs> yeah, pal. Yeah. All right. Well, the match, it starts off real hot. Both women attacking with strong strikes. Uh, Deeb focusing on the knee is the correct focus because she injured it the last time out. Um, Deeb, you know, again, we talked about her, you know, pulling off some of the Bret Hart stuff. She did the uh, figure four around the ring post, which again, I feel like should be saved for spots. Like mm -hmm. It should be saved for a situation where a person is going to go away for a bit and you need to do an angle. Because, um, I mean, technically it's an illegal hold. You shouldn't be able to hold it for more than five seconds anyway, at which point you kind of lose the the impressiveness, right? Like right. Brett holding on to that for a solid minute made it look like, Jesus, Brett, let go of his fucking leg already. But if no, all you can right. do is hold it on for four seconds, it's like, okay, well, that looks cool. Well, did the refs even implement a five count? I mean, really, this fucking company is ridiculous. I mean, seriously. I mean, like I was saying last week on on the on Uncaged, our rampage show on the Hamid Media Network, 
I was saying that the tag rope has 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 made it to all elite wrestling. Well, guess what, Chris? The tag rope is gone already from all elite wrestling. So, yeah, he's, it's been future endeavored, bro. The AEW wishes the tag ropes best of luck in their future endeavors. Right, but in this case, the five count is it even a thing in AEW though? Like, is it even a thing? It's a thing whenever Daniel Bryan, whenever Brian Danielson is is in the ring because he can make it into a heel spot where he can hold five fingers up to the ref and be like, "Fuck <laughs> you, I can hold it for five seconds, you dick." <laughs> Absolutely, and that and don't get don't get it twisted. That's his way of giving shit to the refs about the five count. Oh, sure it is. Of course it is. <clears throat> it's like when the fucking, when FTR came in and they were like, well, our matches are going to include a tag rope. <laughs> yeah. It's that crazy. That's their way bro. of being like, this is fucking retarded. What's wrong with you guys? It's, it's fucking nuts, man. I, I just, I don't understand how these refs, even the, you know what else bothers me about these refs? If you notice, look, hate them or love them, WB, at least their refs, are friggin' refs. They know what they're doing pretty much. You know what I mean? For the most part, right? I agree. Well, if you notice, like in WWE, when they do a like when they do a count, the count is right at the at the wrestler's head. So, you know, if they're dazed or whatnot or if it's noisy, they can fucking hear that there's a pin happening, right? Yeah. In AEW, <clears throat> if you pay notice, especially to what's her name again? Or Audrey was it Audrey? Audrey Hepburn? No, that's wrong. Uh, Audrey. <laughs> um, anyway, you know who I'm talking about, right? The female referee in AEW. Audrey Refburn. What? Well, yeah, whatever, right? She's fucking guilty of fucking. If you notice, her pinfalls are like from far away. If it looks like compared to where she should be pinning, should be right at the head. You know, one, two, checking the shoulder as well. If it's fucking on, you know. If it's on on the ground, like, and it's not up, and instead she's pinning from half a mile away, dude. Like, come on. She's gotten a little bit too much attention from the crowd at this point to where I think, and it's not, I'm I'm not even knocking her for it, but I feel like it's part of human nature to start to feel like you're part of the show rather than doing a job. And your part of the show is to do your fucking job properly. Like, that's, that's how you add to a wrestling show if you're a ref. You do fucking yeah. job right. And she's not the only one. I mean, pretty much every ref in AEW other than maybe one, right, are all guilty of the same shit, bro. Yep. Nope, for sure. Um, it's a problem. It is a problem with AEW. It's, it's one of a few that are very clear to wrestling fans because all of us watch and we're like, wait a minute, what? Like, yeah. how is this not a disqualification? How is this not, you know what I mean? We're, we all watch it and go, okay, that's just, that's stupid, right? It, it and is you stupid. you can hear people, you can hear the old school fans talk about it. You hear like, and people say like, well, oh, fucking Jim Cornette's out of touch. But I mean, when Jim Cornette is saying, okay, this is wrong. And Jim Ross is saying, this is wrong. Yeah. And Chris Jericho is saying, this is wrong. Fucking don't do it. Like, <laughs> That right. would be like somebody getting into that would be like somebody being like, No man, Takashi six nine is great, man. <laughs> Fucking rock him and Nas and them are all out of touch. No, oh. they're not out of touch. Oh yeah they are, Chris. Yeah they are. <laughs> nah, but you're right, it's crazy, bro. 
fuck, man? Like, listen to the fucking brilliant people who have come before you. It's they're there for a reason. Fucking take advantage. Yeah, well, unfortunately, these young, well, you know, whatever you want to call them, whippersnappers or like precursors, wherever the fuck, they don't want to listen to their elders, bro, and who came before them, man. I mean, it's true, man. The vets are there for a reason, man. How about you learn? Like, learn, man. Fuck, dude. Like, honestly, dude, like, you know, we're, we we do this podcasting thing, right? If somebody like a Bin Hamin or a Big Ray Hernandez, shout out to him for, for filling in last week, by the yeah, way. Yeah, shout out to they, Big Ray. If they give me some advice, I'm going to shut the fuck up and listen because those guys have been doing it for a while. And I'm like, right. these guys are good. They know what they're doing. They're fucking excellent. They're captivating. So if they have some advice, I want to listen to what the fuck they have to say. If you're a wrestler and you're talking shit to Jim to Jim Excuse Ross, me. right? Like right. fucking Brandon Cutler. After Jim Ross had that fucking interview where he said like, "Oh, these guys do the same thing. They everybody, you know, they, they everybody huddles up like quails and they stand around and wait for somebody to to catch them." Fucking Brandon Cutler talks some shit about it. Brandon Cutler, you have never done fucking anything in professional wrestling. You're talking shit to Jim fucking <laughs> Ross, bro. Preach, preach. It's like Nelly fucking beefing with KRS-One. No, shut the oh, fuck up. God. That was silly. <laughs> that was a real thing, Chris, too. I mean, that, that was just straight up silly. That was a real thing. We're doing a lot of uh, hip-hop um, comparables on the show. Well, I, I mean... Why, the, that's I mean, in my fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it makes sense, though, dude. You can't compare that shit. Yeah. All right, so uh, moving on with the match here. Deeb does a double neck breaker. She mm. goes for a third, but uh, Sheeta counters with a falcon arrow, which is a near ca- which is a near fall. Um, there's counters into counters into counters. I love <laughs> when Serena Deeb starts working like this. She's so good. She's so clean, and it looks like two people trying to pin the other person's shoulders to the mat, which is what fucking wrestling is meant to look like. Um, I didn't particularly care for the end here as deep takes a, you know, she takes a shot in the turnbuckle and she did gets the pin. Um, I didn't mind it in the sense that it wasn't a perfectly clean finish. So it does help protect deep a little bit, but man, they got to stop pinning her fucking shoulders to the mat. They got to let Bad, this chick dude. get some serious fucking wins. No shit. They do. And that's what's fucked up about it, man. I mean, where do we go from here with deep? That's a real know, question man. to ask, Chris. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's true, man. Where do we go from here with Serena Deep? Is I, she just going to be a hand or a contender? Fuck, man. Like, and it sucks because the other thing too is like, look at look at it this way. Look at the way that the that the women's division is shaping out. Right? If they go with a heel as the right. TBS as the hose champion, <laughs> um, I would say shit. That's the Jaga. There's not really a spot there for Serena Deeb, who, yes, she can play face, but she's significantly better as a heel. She's just, she's clearly having more fun out there when she's a heel, so she's more fun to watch. Um, but I don't think that there's a spot for her as like a number one contender or something if, you know, it's, if the champion is, yeah, like uh, if the champion's a heel. Right. And then, you know, the only other thing that I can see is if Thunder Rosa takes the the, the main women's title, 
the AEW Women's Championship off of Britt Baker, and then they could do Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. And those two could literally, like, with their work, they could literally, like, main event a major pay-per-view from AEW. They they would not disappoint in the ring. Um, But that's, like, a bunch of things have to go exactly that way in order for them to use Serena Deeb properly. And I'm just worried that they're going to just... They're, it's like the Arn Anderson thing. Well, he's such a good worker, he can always take the pin. And I hate that shit because you're ruining like potential, potentially really good spots. You know, like Kevin Owens lately. Everybody's like, well, he can talk, you know, well enough that he can get himself back. He can, he can heat himself up. And that's right. right but also, right. fuck, man. Like you're wasting <laughs> super talented people while you're pushing Julia Hart and stuff like for fuck's sakes can we can we get right here yeah well 100 i couldn't have you couldn't have said it better than that dude that's spot on well also spot on here is the varsity blondes they're mad because malachi black hurt julia hart last week it's caused some tension within the team as uh, griff says i'm gonna take on malachi black next week and um Junior says, you know, hey, man, he wants you to do this. And, uh, you know, Griff Garrison gets mad at Junior and basically tells him, yeah. are you on his side? Look what he did to Julia. <laughs> and then he looks in the oh, then he looks in the camera and he says, next week, Malachi Black, I'm going to break your jaw. Ooh. I have my serious doubts that he's going to be breaking <laughs> anything in that match. That's going to be an absolute squash, bro. And it needs to be, too, because Griff yep. Garrison is not that guy. Nope. Nope. Um, next up here, we've got uh, Hook gets a big-time video package. It's like a 45-minute package here of, you know, talk talking him up, talking about, you know, uh, his, his original match uh, last week. And the announcers do a really good job of talking him up. I liked this. I like when they build people properly. And they're building him as a guy who... Like he's always been a fighter. He's always been an athlete. He he knows about competing, and I I like it. I think they've done nothing wrong with Hook since they since his debut match. They've done everything right with him. What do you think, Jimmy? Yeah, I agree, man. Jago was saying on the blow off that he rewatched that Hook match and felt he wasn't as into it as he was the first time round because apparently he wasn't selling well. I look. I haven't watched it the second time, but you can't fault the kid for just that on his first ever match. He did much more than than even I expected, and for that, he's gained my respect. I think he's got a bright future, man. I think. Listen, I don't care about the match. I'm not going to go back and, and watch the goddamn match. The match isn't important. The match, you know, did he did he sell well? Did he not? That's not important. What's important is the way they're booking the kid. Because he's brand fucking new. And the way they're booking him is right. And the way they booked that match is right. That was the right booking for the Absolutely. match. And that's what I said right. after after we watched it was like that was booked properly. So I fucking loved it. Did he do everything right? No, I'm sure he didn't. The first time, you know, the first time everybody has a fucking wrestling match, they're not doing everything perfectly. But is he being booked right? Yes, and he's being booked very strong, and I like that from AEW. I think that Hook has a lot of potential, um, but yeah, like, does he need to work on some stuff? Of course he does. 
but to suggest like, oh, I went back and watched the match. It doesn't matter. The match isn't important. It's how they're booking them right now. Exactly, man. And I agree 100%. Shout out to Jargo, by the way. I'm not, <laughs> saying, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to start a fucking beef with Jargo. Again, you know, I'm the Nelly in this situation. I'm not <laughs> trying to start a fucking beef. So who's <laughs> the lunatics in this situation? Nah, I guess that makes us, right? I have no idea. I'm just comparing Jargo to KRS-One because I have a lot of respect <laughs> for Jargo. <laughs> Absolutely, um, bro. All right. Uh, moving on here. Eddie Kingston's backstage. He makes a challenge for a 10-man tag match at Rampage. Why? Why? Like, if I had a problem with somebody in high school, I'd be like, hey, man, you and me, after school, we're going to fucking throw down. Right? <laughs> well, I, I didn't go up that. to people. I didn't go up to people and be like, be like, hey, man, me and four of my friends against you and four of your <laughs> friends, man. Because, like, we're going to settle this. So, yeah, no, dude. That's, that's super fucking lame. Book of the year shit, bro. I mean, that's AEW for you, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes they do shit that's fucking lame. It's not good. So I can't wait to roll my eyes through that on Friday. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's time for the main event of the evening. MJF. MJF and Dante Martin will face off because they were in. They were the final two people in the battle royal for the dynamite diamond ring. <laughs> MJF going for a three-peat here. Dante Martin still trying to find out how to emote. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe he needs a mask. I don't know. Um, he definitely needs a mask, man. I think, uh, yeah, and you said this in the past many weeks ago. I can see it now, man. He definitely needs a mask. Yeah. Um, Freeman does what he does here. He calls Punk the new Ryback. That made me laugh. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he also had a line here that just made me fucking split. I laughed my ass off when he said this. He said, you know, Dante, we all know how great of an athlete you are. Even though you have the verbal ability and charisma of Helen <laughs> Keller on Quaaludes. Uh. <laughs> I think you fucking ripped him a new one in this fucking uh, promo, dude. Fuck. That was that gold. come back? From, from being on the fucking stick with this guy. The only person who's been able to fucking come back at all is MJ or is CM Punk. And even that was a close one. Like he had to bring out some pretty fucking heated lines to get through that with MJF. Oh, I mean, absolutely. To me, the Rosie O'Donnell callback was the thing <laughs> that saved him. So he's like, dude, you were on Rosie. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, that was great. It's true though, man. It's fucking true. But, man, I feel like Punk is getting so exposed, man, in this little fucking... Like, was Punk really as good as he th as everybody thought he was on the stick? Because MJF makes him look like a child, bro. Yeah. No, definitely. The, the, he, he, he does not... It's a good thing that Dante Martin didn't come out here with a fucking microphone because he just would have got buried. Oh, no, you don't do that to the poor kid. <laughs> Yeah. No way. But um, Dante Martin, man, he's got something. I'm starting to see it. But, like, man, look, take away nothing from this kid because he's one athletic motherfucker, bro. That, this kid was flying all, all over the ring. 
Yeah, and I I think that he his style and the way that he is works really well for such a young guy in a tag team, which is why I can't wait for his brother to get back because they work well as a team. And I think right. that his brother is the better talker and the more naturally charismatic of the two anyway. Right, right. I agree 100%. Um, MJF does a solid power bomb here, which I'm sure it must be fun for some of the smaller guys who like are smaller, like naturally smaller wrestlers when they get to wrestle a guy like Dante Martin. Cause they're like, I can do the fucking big man spots. I can give him a fucking choke slam. He weighs like 14 pounds. This is great. <laughs> Absolutely dude. And you know what, man? MJF looked like a fucking killer in this match too, though, dude. I think they both complimented each other's styles. Even though one was a fucking spot monkey and the other one's your traditional, you know, professional wrestler, shall I say. I actually didn't think the match was a bad match. I felt they both had good chemistry together. I felt like they did a lot of really clever things in this match. Um, and I know that, like, I like listen, everybody who's listening right now is like, what? He liked this match with so many fucking dives? Let me get there. Okay, I'll get <laughs> to the dives, okay? Because I have some things to say about the dives, but... First of all, I wanted to call out something. A after the powerbomb, MJF tries to cheat. He puts his foot on the ropes, right? The referee counts one, two, catches him, kicks his feet off the ropes. This is an underrated spot for all of pro wrestling, and people who want to work heel need to learn how to do these things. Do you know how a crowd learns to hate someone? <laughs> Hell, they Chris. Cheat. That's right. It's true. You, you know, know like, like, one of the guys who like absolutely cannot get any kind of love from any crowd ever is that guy in the UFC, Paul Harris. <sighs> he can never get cheered again because he's a cheap fucking asshole and people don't like cheap assholes. They're like, fuck <laughs> this guy, fuck everything about him because he's a cheating asshole. And the only time he won is when he cheated. And after he, you know, the other times that he won was he won and then he cheated to hurt the guy some more. So fuck this guy. Like, they need to watch, is it Rusamar Parhalis? Whatever the fuck. That guy is a bad fucking dude. Like, he's bad. He's not a good person. That's the kind of way heels need to work, though. He right. won a couple of matches and then held on to the fucking leg locks afterwards because yeah. he's so fucking mad. Like, <laughs> he's an asshole. That's what you need to be when you're a heel. You need to be an asshole. So Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely agreed, 100%, man. And MJF right now, man, he's on a roll. He's hot. He's starting to show his worth, man. I mean, this kid, I still can't believe he's only 24 years old. Honestly, dude. And he's already kind of a, a ring general. Absolutely. Absolutely. That match man, with Darby really at the pay-per-view in Minneapolis, that was fucking sick. Oh, man. And it would have been awesome just to be there in person as you, like you were, Chris absolutely it was awesome dude the next time they're in minneapolis i'm going again I don't oh care. for sure man as you should I, I, I was pumped that you actually went man i still couldn't believe that was your first western wrestling event man it's buzzed out fucking a and honestly i mean if they come to winnipeg i'm gonna fucking go to oh no doubt. Um, all right i will talk about the dives in this match because up until the final dive uh which was that shooting star press that essentially completely missed mjf Hey, yeah. um, oh my god dude thank you for reminding me that was bad other than that every dive in this match made almost perfect sense right um he like Mon martin did some things where he like jumped over top of the turnbuckle in, in, in on the corner because mjf he was set up 
to be hit by something if he would have just ran. But then MJF being a smart heel moved and put the turnbuckle between him and his opponent, which made it so that Martin had to jump over top of the the turnbuckle in order to land something. Absolutely. Every single like. So, yes, there was a spot here where he was just doing a dive after a dive after a dive. But the reason he was doing it is because MJF kept moving out of the way. He wasn't allowing, you know, Martin to get his offense off. And Martin had to do all of these crazy athletic dives and jumps in order to land some offense. Yep. I thought this was a really smart sequence from these guys. And I think it's it's one of these things that's going to be underrated because that last fucking shooting star press missed by huh. a foot and... That was bad, dude. And look, man, like we said before, as good as Dante is, man, he's still a rook pretty much, man. And, uh, you know, shit is going to happen. But that, that, man, he missed by a mile, bro. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. Um, If you're going to do the move, learn how to do it solid or just don't do it. If you can't land the shooting star press to the outside like that, don't do that move. Do something else. I agree, man. And uh, look, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now. I think he was just overexcited. You know, when you get overexcited, you might fucking misjudge the spot. You know what I'm saying? So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now. Yeah, and he's 21 years old. He's going to get a little too excited and a little little bit, you know, rushy with his Right, absolutely. Right on. Well, they trade pins for a bit. They do sort of that, I'm pinning you, you're pinning me, I'm pinning you, you're pinning me spot. Um, that MJF seems to like. He's done that a couple of times now in his last few matches. Right. Um, I like it. They they maybe went a little too long with it. They probably could have traded two and then transitioned. I think they traded like eight pins. Um, again, it's a little too much. Um, Martin does land his uh, springboard uh, moonsault press, I guess is what it is. Since the guy's yep. standing up, it's called a press. Um, Ricky Starks comes down and gets MJF's leg on the rope. Um, that was fine. I, uh, I that... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, this didn't need to be Ricky Starks. Um, you know, it could have been Wardlow. It could have been Spears. Right. Right. Um, the distraction allows, allows Freeman to lock in the Fujiwara arm bar and get the pin uh, for the win. That was fine. I'm fine with that. Um, I do think as much as I know that like you're probably going to hate this this idea, and normally I would hate this idea, but MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, right. who is, you know, this smart-ass fucking, like, look at me. I can do all these things better than everybody I'm incredible and I'm awesome. I can win with a headlock takeover. He should have won with a headlock takeover again tonight. For Um, sure. Why is he still calling that move the Fujiwara armbar? I bet you that has nothing to do with MJF, dude. No. And you know what? He calls it the salt of the earth. And that's what they should call it when it when it's being applied by the announcers. And listen, normally I'm the guy who's like, just call it a DDT. It's a fucking DDT. Why are you trying to give 18 different fucking names to the thing? Just right. call it what it fucking is, right? Call it a goddamn sharpshooter or a scorpion deathlock. Like, actually fucking call these moves what they are. Don't give it a brand new fucking name, right? But this Fujiwara armbar, like, when they call that out on, a, on the announce table, I'm like, why, guys? That doesn't fit with MJF. 
Yeah, I agree. In this case, like you said just before, we would probably hate this shit. But for someone like MJF and his gimmick, it makes total sense to like have his own name to a Fujiwara Amba. Exactly. It makes more sense for him to be like, don't call it that. It's the salt of the earth. Fuck right. Off. Absolutely. I agree. 100%, man. Right on. Well, FTR come down to the ring to celebrate. And uh, while they're in the ring, I'm like, oh, here we go. This is going to be great. And then the lights oh go God, out. Oh, my and God. I'm like, and I'm like yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah, this is going to be fucking great. And then the lights come on and it's fucking sting. <laughs> it's sting. Sting. Yeah. It's fucking, it's fucking Bubbles and Meth Sting, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> bubbles and Meth Sting. On the one-year anniversary, apparently, of Sting fucking making his debut, right? Remember that, Chris? Yeah, I remember. I it's Sting! Fuck. <laughs> that was such anticlimactic, man. That was bad, dude. I felt bad for actually Sting and Darby Allen in this fucking in this segment because... Oh man, you know it was Rey Mysterio coming in at number thirty in the Rumble. Was... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sort of heat, man. I mean, it, oh, it was such a disappointment, bro. I was expecting maybe Bray Wyatt. There was rumors of that. There was. It was man. like it was like six months after Punk left, and in the WWE, they were in Chicago, and they were the they start off the fucking show, and they played fucking cult of personality, and out walks Paul Heyman. That's what this was. It was a big fuck you to everybody who's been looking forward to them boys showing up. Right. How did not have the Briscoes fucking turn up? Better yet, at least even Bray Wyatt or something. But yeah, even the Briscoes, because now this FTR Briscoe thing is starting to fall flat on its headband. I don't like where they're going. They've done a little spot in Ring of Honor, which was cheesy as fuck. I don't know, man, but... Apparently That's they've signed, fine, but build it. Right, build it. Maybe they haven't signed officially yet. Who knows? Ugh. Maybe that's anyway. what's fucking stopping them from doing that shit. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Anyway, the heels get the upper hand because there's three of them. Uh, CM Punk comes down and makes a save with a baseball bat. Um, I did like the verbiage here where he takes the mic and he says, yeah, next week it's you three against us three. And that's the match. Deal with it. And he just dropped the mic. Like, that's yeah. something that you would actually say if you're pissed off. You're not going to go on a long soliloquy about the nature of humankind or whatever. You're <laughs> just going to be like, you, us, we're fighting next week. Fucking deal with it. Get ready. That's it. That's straight to the point, man. And that's what you want to hear. Absolutely. Well, speaking of what you want to hear, um, maybe not what all of our fans want to hear, but it's that time again, Jimmy. We're, we're saying goodbye until yep. next week. Um, <laughs> until Jimmy, next week. Where, where can they find you, man? Where 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 can people find you and hear what you have to say and interact with you? Well, I'll tell you where they won't find me, and that's on Facebook because I won't accept you. But where you can find me <laughs> is on Twitter at DJ Effects and at PWC Network. And please like and subscribe at the PWC Network.podbean.com and at markmedia.com and also the pwhustlenetworks.com right on right on yep um you can find me on twitter it's at chris ams one that's at chris ams and the number one you cannot find me on facebook because i am currently serving the rest of a 30-day suspension for 
showing a picture of my six and five year old girls playing <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> God, <laughs> that's fucked. So, in closing, fuck you, fuck Zuckerberg. you Zuckerberg. There you go. So, in saying that, I'm Jimmy T, he's Christopher Ams, and you've been listening to the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here on the PWC Network at markmedia.com and at oh, the PWC. Sorry. What's sorry, that? One thing. Uh, big shout outs to Homeboy. Uh, he oh. put out a new, a new podcast uh, this week uh, talking about Rakim. He mentions me a bunch in it, so I just wanted to give him a little shout out and a little love. Please uh, find Homeboy's new podcast on Rakim. It's fucking great. Absolutely. And shout out to Humberto88, who's our boy. You, you, you can find also here on the skirmish here and there. But uh, yeah, man. And I wanted to just end off also. Subscribe at the PWHustleNetworks.com. But uh, yeah, in saying that, I'm Jimmy T. Here's Christopher Ames. You've been listening to the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish. Peace. Peace. Homeboy 88 of the Homeboy 88 podcast and good friend of the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network, the PWC. Check out my podcast where all the podcasts are available. The Homeboy 88 podcast. Thank you.
dangerous here. If this is it, oh no, exposed turnbuckle. Oh, oh the neck breaker. What an unnatural angle. The spine of Hikaru Shida bent at. She utilized the steel turnbuckle of the second corner that rope. Now Serena, deep power bomb, high stack. Got one, two, whoa. Wow. Oh, look at this. So those knees, she's driving those knees in. The knee driven into the head, the shoulders, and now Deeb. Wow. Again, the fundamentals of Deeb are incredible. That, that's a great bridge by Serena Deeb. She's got the S-grip underneath the chin of Hikaru Shida. Yeah, you see Shida trying to get to the ropes. That's the only thing to do. Don't want to, you got to try not to slam your hand down too much. It'll look like you're tapping out. And Shida making a last gasp. Lunge at that bottom rope to force the break. If I was deep, I would have kept that hold on for up to five just to put more pressure and pain to my, my opponent. That's just me. Serena is such a great submission wrestler, which reminds me we've got a submission match coming up on Rampage in the women's division. That's right. It's been made official this Friday night. Wow. 10, 9 Central on Rampage. Ty Conti versus Penelope Ford submission match. It's going to be tough goals in my professional opinion for Penelope, but you never know. Whoa! Oh! Look at that neck breaker. Another one. Serena comes around the corner with a second. Oh, but the look counter. Raw power by Hikaru Shida, the Falcon Arrow. That's a dead lift for that Falcon Arrow. Exactly, Tone. That was wild. Hikaru Shida is struggling mightily here. But Serena Deep battered as well. Karashida struggling up to her feet. She makes it first, but just barely. Ooh! Deep eats a right elbow, a second. Oh, Serena Deep creates some distance. Karashida. Oh, the axe wow. kick! The axe kick caught Deep on the back of the head. Karashida. Serena up on the shoulder. Serena counters backslide. Shida rolls through. Nope. Serena hand fighting. Look at this. Karashida. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that would have been really bad. Oh, back body drop reversed by Serena. Shida reverses. Another and counter. Now, Serena. Single leg grab. Can't tell from this angle if her hands are over that kneecap. She's got a good grip on it. Yeah, she does. And that bottom rope has been the only thing that has saved Hikaru Shida multiple times through this match. Serena Deeb wrenching back. Got a two-on-one grip there, Taz. Yeah, she does. But Shida realized that. She extended her leg to break that pressure. Palm strikes from her back from Hikaru Shida. But Serena returning fire. Right to the ear. That's a good way to cauliflower an ear, Tony. Nice way to rupture an eardrum as well. Sound different, Tony. <laughs> Tony Schiavone actually had to step away, I believe. Here. My bad. Do some interviewing duties in a few moments, but right now Serena Deeb has exposed that top turnbuckle link. So focused on the match. I didn't even know Tony left. Watch out! Serena trying to send Hikaru Shida into that turnbuckle. Shida elbow strikes. Serena Deeb charges in. Whoa, no, look at this. The roll-up by Shida. Watch. Serena counters. No. Both men looking for the pin. They're both, both women. women. <laughs> Pardon me. Pardon me. Oh, so That's close. habit. That's habit. Watch out. Roundhouse kick. Yeah. 
An incredible match. Look at this. Oh! 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 Serena Deep collided. It's got to be it. Jack and another jackknife. Two, three, with one foot on the ground. There is your winner, Hankaru Shida. All the pain that left leg was in. That young lady, Shida, able to count, get captured that victory. That was impressive. Hikaru Shida, so tough. This next battle set for one fall with a 20-minute time limit. Being accompanied by Sean Spears from Cleveland, Ohio, weighing 267 pounds. Wardlow. See Wardlow and the chairman Sean Spears set to compete. Well, Wardlow set to compete here tonight. And let's throw it back down to Justin Roberts. His opponent from Clearwater, Florida, weighing 186 pounds, Matt Seidel. Thanks, Caliber. These two men crossed fans for the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, didn't they? They certainly did now. Set to go one-on-one -on -one here tonight on Dynamite. Remember, in that Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, Wardlow was eliminated by MJF. MJF. Wardlow also dumped Lee Moriarty out, who's the protege of Matt Seidel. Well, you see right now, going to the lower body with those round kicks by Seidel, who's a veteran, a very well-accomplished. And you see there on the corner of the screen, it is official. Oh. The huge eight-man tag coming up this Friday night, 10, 9 Central on TNT, AEW Rampage. Young Bucks, Adam Gold, Bobby Fish versus the returning Ooh. Trent Moretta, Chuck wow. Taylor, Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero. Look at this, Matt Seidel. He's rocked him. That's He's what I'm saying. Don't underestimate Seidel. No, not at all. Use the Seidel. quickness. Oh, the leg lariat, but Wardlow. Just too oh, strong, God. guys. Oh, the, look. Oh, the power and the intensity, the range of the big Wardlow. That's as close as I've seen of anyone hurting Wardlow since his arrival here. Oh, uh, this is prototypical here, Excalibur. Yeah. Multiple power bombs. He ain't getting up, man. He ain't getting pin him. Wardlow, pin him. He's done, baby. Wardlow. Good for he, the power bomb done, symphony. Baby. Get the pin. Get. Many of the fans are chanting one more time. Just, Just Wardlow. He's got Seidel up. Oh, Lord, he's bringing him in. Pin him, pin him, pin him. Power there bomb symphony. And the That's win for Wardlow. The winner of this match. Wardlow! Wardlow's world, baby! You're the man! You're, hey! One too many, all right? One and done. We don't get paid by the hour, baby! All right, a little more than that, a little excessive. Hold on, hold on. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. Look at this. What the Talk hell? Speaking of Yeah! My. Short Spears, the chairman, is wearing out Seidel. And Wardlow, as we've seen in the past, did all the dirty work. And That's what I'm talking about. It's Wardlow. Oh. Maxie. Yeah, yeah, we're live, pal. We're in the ring. Yeah, 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 I'll tell him. I'll tell him right now. Hey, you look good, baby. Okay. Is that MJF? Look, Max is going to need you yes. to go pick up some champagne for him for his post-match victory. All right? But yeah. The same guy that I'll threw you out during you the buy. Battle Royal. Come on, hey, just wear that.
makes a house strong. As at the foundation, the bricks, the mortar, or perhaps. But the people that reside within it are the bricks, the mortar, the foundation. But even that foundation needs ideals. Ideals such as understanding that human nature is violent and therefore accepting violence as a part of who you are is key. Don't fight it, embrace it. There isn't a more destructive species on this earth that is so intentionally cruel to one another than the human race. So why be in denial about it? Understanding that your past is not a crutch, it is an arrow. And its biggest teacher is agony. And therefore I will not question the teachings that the house bestows upon me, but I will appreciate its blessing no matter how destructive. And understand that this can only be done by placing the house before everything and everyone else. And also understand that not everyone will grasp the concept of the teachings you bestow upon others. That through agony, the house will make them strong. The house is bigger than you. The house is bigger than them. But lastly, the house always wins. Now you're so much more than a king. What is going on there to all the PWCites out there? What is going on to all the skirmish fans on the PWC networks? This is the scholarly one. This is the magnanimous one, but most importantly, this is the glorious one, the Professor Chabelle Cruz. And I got a special treat for all the skirmish fans out there on the PWC networks. Your man Jimmy Key came to the Professor and asked him a burning question. He asked the Professor, is there any chance that the Professor's perspective will ever and I mean ever come back on the on the airwaves ever again. And I thought about it. I looked in the mirror and I said, does the world need the professor's perspective now more than ever coming in 2022? And the answer is yes. With people like Nick Khan in WWE, with people like Tony Khan in AEW, with all the releases, with ROH going, you know, down the toilet. There needs to be an objective viewpoint about this situation. With all the people in the wrestling groups with their biasness, you need a man that's scholarly enough to give you an objective view on everything that's going on in professional wrestling. And that man is moi, the Professor Chabelle Cruz. Yes, the man who once called Ring of Honor the bitch boy jobber promotion on his very own professor's perspective. The man who confronted P PMS Bitch Boy, aka CM Punk, and was the first man to be blocked on Twitter from him with the PWS crew. Yes, that is that professor's perspective. And it will be coming exclusively to the PWC networks. It will be coming exclusively to a, a special skirmish here and there. But most importantly, it will be coming as a special sideshow here on the PWC networks. Yes, that is right. The professor's perspective, if you never heard about it, it is coming back here exclusively on the PWC networks. It is coming back here exclusively on the PWC networks at Podbeam.com. So stay tuned, PWCites. And here, the most scholarly viewpoints on professional wrestling. Stay tuned. PWCites for the most glorious viewpoints about AEW, WWE, MLW, New Japan, Mexico, and all points in between that has something to do with professional wrestling. That is the professor's perspective here on the PWC Networks. 
Look out for it in the coming months. Exclusively here on the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network. I am that man, the best type of ever creep. Stay tuned, PWCites. Stay tuned. WC Network, what the world is watching and listening to.